Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of March 18th, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Ginky! Ohio! Hello, oh, everyone! Ginkies, indeed. How have you been? What you been listening to as of late? Um, I've been good. Not as much as I hoped for. But I, after our discussion last week, I actually went back and started revisiting Namie again, and I actually was listening to her dance tracks volume one from like 95. And I forgot how much fun that is with Taiyono season, and I was just all hyped up about that album. Because that one had the Super Monkeys in it, who later spun off to be Namie and then Max. So that was a great time. I also have been listening to a ton of Arashi, also because of our discussion last week and the impending concert or, well, documentary concert that I'm going to see in the 22nd. So I'm very excited for that. And so I've been listening to a ton of Arashi just on shuffle. And it has just been great. I've been singing along in the car when I have to go places. I also went back to A Witch again, but I was listening to her Kujaku album still, just because I, I really do enjoy that one. I did go back and listen to some Cream because they were in my mix. Also was listening to some AAA because they were in one of my mixes that I have. And I went down a really weird mix because there was... One, I forgot I included in it, and it was actually Hyolin, and I got very excited. Also had some Chanmin on there. She popped up with voice memo number five. I forgot how much I love that song, because it's just so much fun. And then it also played her Wonderland, which are... The funny thing is, is they're two completely different songs, going from Wonderland, which is very heavy hip-hop, to voice memo number five, which is more of a poppy, jazzy song. So I just love hearing that genre shift. Um, also, some Crazy Boy popped up on my list with Donna. And just a few other random cream songs. Hashtag no filter. Jamoza popped up on there as well, as it's been a little while since I listened to her. Nanika Hitotsu featuring Jade. And I absolutely adore that song. Jade and Wakadana. Such a beautiful song. And it gets me ready for the summer because we've had nice weather this week. It's been beautiful. Also had some M-Flow on there. I was listening to Human Lost, E.T., Ecto, No Question. And it's always it's always nice listening to M-Flow. Mainly stuff off their Kyo album. And some Miyachi popped up on there with Wakarimasen. And I always forget how much I do enjoy Miyachi. And I love his rap style. It is very Western, and it's obvious it's Western. He's from New York. But I love his incorporation of East and West and what he raps about. And I think that's one of the big things for me, especially Wakarimasen, is one I greatly enjoy the lyrics for. And uh, also some Nishi. I know he has his Hocus Pocus 3 album coming out. And so I went back to Doshioka. Made Kimi wa Shiranai, My Prettiest Girl, which has to be my favorite flipping song by him. I can listen to that on repeat all day. So, yeah, those are the 
random ones I've been listening to. What about you, Ken? What have you been listening to? So I've been listening to a whole giggle of things here. So I was listening to uh, Mahina and her latest single, Drive Your Dreams, along with Bish Say I Love You's single as well. I was also going around listening to Scandal's latest release, Mirror, which is actually really good. I highly recommend it. And I also been going through some things like uh, Syrup with his latest single, Superpower, which is very interesting. It's a very typical Syrup now as at this point. I think his style really did change once he kind of went major, and which is good. I mean, he is trying to go for a more wider variety net now, so good for him. And uh, finally, I was listening to Flannel, which is by Ghost Like Girlfriend, who we haven't heard from in a while, actually. So it's good that he kind of came back out of hiding, so to speak. But besides that, nothing much else. Uh, well, obviously the Oricon and and Music Corner this week, but we'll get, get on that just a tad. But, you know, going on to this week's topic and... It was kind of revealed that the this year's uh, I want to say the Golden Disc Awards. That's what it's technically around called the Japan Golden Disc Awards. Yes. Yeah. So they just revealed the winners for their thirty-six annual uh, Japan Golden Disc Awards, and it's 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 a very interesting list here. If you kind of want to just go down here and kind of talk about it. So one of the bigger things is so they have a they have like three categories to be honest they have a they have a western a a western category for western artists a asia category that is just bts at this point <laughs> and then a japan a japan uh grouping for artists is, as well so it's, you want to just kind of go over it here and kind of talk about the artist of the year first off for the Japan side? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, so the the group that won artist of the year was Snowman. And if you kind of really think about it, I think this is right on the money because Snowman had their breakout year with 2021. Granted, you know... 2020 was their debut year and you know uh, imitation rain and dd you know as much as everyone likes to complement that with snowman and stones you know snowman really kind of went on its own this year to kind of make a stamp in the industry and i can kind of highly agree that if there is someone that would be artist of the year for the japan side it would have to be snowman and i agree with that as well because they did have a very good year and they've been building up to it and you could tell with their releases all the time and energy they put into it and i i'm not surprised to see them on there they've they've showcased that they are a very they're a standalone group that sticks out and I'm looking forward to seeing what else they'll keep doing. Yeah, that that's for darn sure. And, you know, like, what's very interesting about the Golden Disc Awards is, like, sometimes they throw, like, a kind of curveball to what the normal 
audiences or people that you know really kind of follow the charts like how me like what we do and it's it's interesting that for the western artist side their artist of the year was the beatles and i i would have to think it was because of the rise of that documentary um let me just double check when that documentary was produced i mean if it was last year then it would make a whole lot of sense that that they would have taken the western artists artists of the year yeah and it was last year honestly yep yep and it was directed by peter jackson so i'm honestly not surprised you know that they're artists of the year for the western side yeah so it's it's interesting to kind of see that that that's the because of a boom of a a documentary series of all things led to this 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 kind of outcome and it was only at the end of november and that's the big thing <laughs> it was only three episodes and that was enough to outweigh all the american and uk artists of that year and that's kind of very very interesting to kind of think about that Yeah, no, it really is. And the Beatles have always been big in Japan and just throughout the world. They are an iconic group that no one will ever forget. So I'm not surprised this documentary easily made them be honest the year even being released so late last year. Yeah, no, that's for sure. But let's go on to what they say is the best... Asian artists of the year and like like I just kind of previewed earlier it's it's pretty much the BTS category there's no other group that comes close on the Korean or even Chinese side if you want to be even more technical about that for the Asian market about who is the best artist who is the big dog and it is BTS yep I completely agree BTS has I guess you could say conquered the world and in the music industry. I mean, they have risen up, but especially looking at butter has stayed on the Oricon charts, permission to dance made it. And I mean, dynamite kept popping up for the longest time. So if you look at everything they've done, their concerts, their tours, just, just how popular they are. There is no doubt in my mind that, that they would not get that. I there's no other artist. You're correct. That would come close. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to kind of think about. Like I I want to see who was second best <laughs> because we be all Black know King. that. Yeah. I'm just gonna be honest. Did they release something this year though? Last or, year, or like last year, they had their uh, American album, didn't they? The one they released in the U.S. Blackpink. I... Hold on. Yeah, I, I guess. Oh, I I'm not previewed to follow the Korean side, so I wouldn't, I um, wouldn't know. But no, that was 2020. I was wrong. Blackpink, the album was 2020. I was thinking it was 2021. They, the only thing, yeah, they have they had pretty savage the Japanese version, but it was a digital single. How you like that? The Japanese version. If I, they did have their Blackpink the Show live album come out in Japan along with their concert, but that was the biggest thing they actually had come out because throughout 2021, Lisa and Rose did their solo career, so they concentrated on that. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, in regards to who would be the second best, you know, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I would think Blackpink because everyone, you know, they're very well known like, worldwide. Like I, I, not even twice. I don't think even twice would have made it. And they had releases last year, too. Granted, they were more focusing on the American side during this, this past year, but... Mm-hmm. They did have their album that came out last year that sold very well. I've seen it all over in my area at, like, Target and other stores. But I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't come anywhere near BTS because BTS, I see everywhere. Their best album, I mean, Annihilated. I still see it in stores. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Like, I was thinking it must be twice, but, like, I... Not to say anything bad about Blackpink, but I think Blackpink and Twice are, in my mind, are in the same era of popularity, but I could just be wrong. They are. Um, I feel like, at least, I don't know, I feel like the more things I see over here, more people I see with Blackpink stuff, and especially because Hot Topic has a whole Blackpink section, but I've never seen a Twice section. But Mm. release-wise, if you go by that and albums, Twice had more releases last year than Blackpink. Now, what sold better? I don't know. Yeah, I don't keep up we're with not, that. Well, yeah, we're not we're not following the the chart for that as close as what we would usually have the the metric numbers for that because you know with 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 the golden golden disc awards they have all the records right in front of them we're we're going just by the skin of our teeth just to get last week's <laughs> numbers for the most part but. What's what's very interesting too that you know the Golden Disc Awards has is they also have an Inca category, and at this point it is just the Kawakiyoshi show for for that as well because there's no other artist that has met his fame yet, and which is unfortunate because I don't know if there is going to be a next generation of Inca artists that really kind of shines toward that because you know. As much as Hikawa Kiyoshi is the second coming of Inca, he is getting kind of up there now. Yeah, and it, it's it's scary to think about. And I love his music, and he always puts out something that is fantastic. And it's, every time we watch him on the... Why am I blanking? The Kohaku, I always enjoy it. And even when we see him in the Oricon, he is one of those artists that I, I can't think of any other new, newish, you know... Inca artist that could even come close. I mean, that could change in a little bit because of the fact that Inca is kind of shifting towards that digital age now. So maybe there might be a little bit more, more eyes on it. But I see this is also a genre expertise that we're not really privy to. But I don't think that I've heard a a younger up and coming Inca artists in a long time i think the only person that comes close was midori oka but she's she's your age luna so i don't even know if that's considered young anymore i don't know either and i do love midori oka because she has some great vocals she's absolutely beautiful music but yes i agree i don't know if that counts as young because i would consider i think a lot of when they say younger or you know artists I would think maybe early 20s. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. But I think that's for, even like, too skewed. That's even skewing too young for Inca. I think even... Like, Midorioka is considered young for the Inca age. So. Yeah, that's true. Because not that you don't see many younger people 
doing Enka or at least getting into that industry. Yeah. So, but who knows? Who knows? What's very interesting is they also have an Artist of the Year category, and it should be no surprise about who's the new Artist of the Year for this past year, and it has to be Yuri. Uh, yeah, he has, I mean, look at the Oricon for all last year. Look at how much he has skyrocketed. And I mean, and I come 100% agree with this. I absolutely love Yuri. And I mean, what Beetlejuice and Natsune, I mean, Dry Flower has just become everyone singing it. I mean, you see a yeah. lot of big artists covering it. And he has made a huge impact, so I, I can't think of any other new artist that it would be besides Yuri. Yeah, no. There's I mean, there's a couple artists that I think could have gotten it, but there there's there's no other artist that I think could have gotten close compared to to Yuri. And then they also did, you know, best five new artists as well, with in no particular order and they did talk about who was in the running. And what's very interesting about this list as their five best, Yuri is obviously he did win. So he is in that five new best artists of the year. But Yuri's the only person that is a solo act. Everyone else is in groups. Well, well, Otto. No, for I'll male say anyway. Otto. For male anyway. Yes. So. And I, I just find that very interesting as well. Because you have Yuri and Otto, who are, are phenomenal vocalists by themselves. Otto is... she She's very interesting. That's another talk for another time. Yeah, she's but, very unique. And I'm glad to yeah. see her on here because of her style. Yeah. And that's that that's for darn sure. And, you know, we, we're not going to bla land blast her for having unique tastes so for the most part. Oh, yeah. She's but, some good songs. Yeah. So, but besides those two, the other remaining three artists are all groups. And it's um, Eni, which we all have a love-hate relationship with that. Um, Be First, which we'll, we'll talk more about them in, in a sec. But, you know, Be First is Be First. And Nani Niwadanshi. Now, out of those three, Nani Niwadanshi was obviously the 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 breadwinner of who was going to be number one for us because <laughs> we all loved their debut oh my god yes and i'm glad to see you on her because they had an amazing debut yeah this is another another one of it was late in the year that they got added and they were able to be in the best new artist which is understandable because their their debut sold gangbusters so oh it did it annihilated yeah, so here's the thing that... Um, so they also did uh, Best New Artists is for Westerns as well, Westerns and Asia, so which is very interesting to say the least because, you know, for Western artists, we're, we're not really in the... Well, I'm not in the know of them, but I don't know if you are, Luna. <laughs> I only know of one, and I know of her because my friend likes her. He loves her. It's well, Olivia I mean, Rodrigo. So... Yeah, yeah. The I only reason why I know her is because, well, the thing is, I confuse her all the time with this other girl that sings fairly similar songs. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did the same thing. I actually says, oh, is this blah, blah, blah? And then my friend's like, no. 
how could you? It's Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. And I'm like, the, oh the, boy. The, the, blonde, the blonde girl, right? Like, I confuse her with that blonde girl mm-hmm. like that sings fairly similar songs yes. which which is funny because she's also she's she's a disney person you know yeah <laughs> so but it's it's interesting like i don't i only know of her um a good friend of mine is is a friend or a huge fan like i think he has like all the vinyls of it uh there is a, a I don't. I don't even know singer and songwriter named Venus. Venus, Barnell O'Connell. Yes, I, I don't even know. I have I no idea I who know. that is. I I have no idea who that is. Like I think he. Oh, he 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 made his name in Glee. So that. Oh oh. He's Billie Eilish's brother. Or yeah yeah the brother of Billie Eilish. I didn't know she had a brother. That shows what how much I follow. Well, you know, it says a lot because, you know, it's funny. I think it showed his life and he he has a girlfriend, but his girlfriend looks exactly like Billie Eilish. Well, that's creepy. <laughs> and it was just kind of funny. <laughs> like a lot of people are like, wait a minute kind of thing. So, but, you know, that was the best three new artists for the Western side. And for the Asia side, it's so we know. And hyphen because we covered them. I don't know treasure. I treasure is don't, a I, super junior looking like group. <laughs> so I know they were on the Oricon for albums, but I've never listened to their music. I'm familiar with Itzy because I do like Itzy, and I'm familiar with N hyphen as well because N hyphen we've seen them on the Oricon constantly. Yeah, we've seen uh, and we've we listened to them. some of their stuff. But Treasure, I I haven't listened to. I do like Super Junior. Um, but... It looks like a 13 group. Yeah, Itzy seems like more your speed, to be honest. Yeah, I actually really like Itzy. (laughs) So I'm not surprised they're on there. I do see them as an up-and-coming artist to look out for. And I'm glad to see them on the list. They've been gaining a lot more recognition lately. Yeah, so... Oh, and then... To our point, so they also have a best new Inca artist of the year as well, and his name is the lovely Sonata Naoki. Now, do you wanna? Uh, I don't know if you guessed or looked at how old he is, but do you wanna guess how old he is? Twenty-five. He is thirty-two. Oh. To well, our point. <laughs> he's only <laughs> to our point about. Then. Let's see. Hold on. How old am I gonna be this year? Okay, Maybe he's thirty-three. No, I'll be thirty-four. <laughs> So he's he's good. He's about two years younger than me. So yeah, that's yeah, so young. So I'm young. Yeah. So that's considered young for Inca. See, told you. Like, thirties is considered still young. But let's kind of slowly, kind of quickly go through this because I don't think we have all the time in the world to kind of break down here. Um, let's kind of just go through the the albums, best of albums right now of the year, and you know. No mistakenly, it's Snowman with S, S Snow Media S One. I didn't know Abba made a new album. <laughs> I, you know, I did. I didn't listen to it. The only reason I knew is I went to grab several of their older songs, and I realized that they had a new album. Yeah, 
Uh, it's a uh, Voyager, if you guys want to know. And then BTS, BTS the best. Yeah, it's big surprise right that. there. We knew it. Yeah, that that's not really it, but yeah, no, it's a very interesting one. One fairly, I want to kind of point out for the streaming stuff re- really up here. You know, they got sh- streaming song of the year, and they got Yao Sobi with Kai Kaibutsu. That's understandable. <laughs> that's really understandable if you just. Take a look at the Oricon charts, you'll know. And we got the the kid, Lori, Lori, I think that's how you say it. Oh, the kid, Laroy, Laroy? The kid, Laroy, and Justin Bieber with their song, Stay. And then, obviously, Asia for BTS, it's butter, it's BTS meal song, so. But... They, what's very interesting, they did do a, a, a special note of other artists, and they give a special award to Eimer um, and Yao Sobi. Now, I wanted to know what was the special award that they gave Eimer. Yao Sobi, I kind of understand, but I don't know about for Eimer. <laughs> I'm curious in that as well. And maybe it has something to do with Yaiba or a lot of the anime songs she's done. No, but but she didn't do Yaiba until this year. That's true. So the, mean, she would they wouldn't they they wouldn't preemptively celebrate her. Yeah, was it her was it her anniversary though? Last year, in the industry, like tenth year anniversary, or am I wrong? Or no, that was a couple years ago. I'm trying to think what it could be. I swear she did have something going on, but now I'm really kind of like second guessing myself. Because I do enjoy her music. I love Imer. But I don't always keep up with everything involved, if you know what I mean, such as anniversaries and stuff. No, it was her 10th year. It was her 10th year. She made year. her day. Okay, that's yeah, what but, I was thinking. Because I, yeah. But then there's other people that also celebrated their 10th year or even a little bit more that I thought would have a little bit of a oomph, but uh, to each their own. I mean, you know, Imer did did do well last year, so. Yes, and her her album, her last album was phenomenal. Like, Walpurgis is still one of my favorite albums of 2021. But, yeah, you know, that's a kind of small and easy breakdown of everything of the Golden Discords. And, you know, we want to congratulate, you know, the people that won, obviously. So, you know, BTS, I think they've won how many straight years already since their debut, so... Yeah, they 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 are doing fantastic, and I know they'll be under next year as well. So. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But with that, let's move on to this week's music corner here. And this week, Luna, you have the lovely chance to introduce us to an artist that, of your choosing. So why don't you go right ahead? Yes. So. My music corner, I chose Miyuna, who is a singer-songwriter from Miyazaki Prefecture, and began her career in 2018 with the debut single, Gamushara, which was actually the opening song for the popular anime Black Clover. So Miyuna is known for her husky voice, versatility, and experience with the guitar, and it gained her much attention. So she actually got to perform at the Fuji Rock Festival in 2019, and YouTube also included her as one of the newcomers to watch that same year. 
And she was chosen by the Gibson Guitar Generation, to a group to play an active role in their group of young stars under twenty twenty one in under twenty one, which is amazing for her age. She is a very young artist, and just the accomplishment she has made in her in her career thus far. And I mean, she's not even been in the industry for five years, and she's already done so much. I feel like. So, with her vocal range, ability to genre switch, and her skills in the guitar have brought her to the front stage of the Rewa female vocalist. So, her track, Chodai, is ear-grabbing as it has a pop EDM style with dance beats that make you just want to get up and have fun. And this is probably the second song I actually heard by her, and it just brought me in with her with the catchy chorus the composition the unique style and the first song I heard by her was actually prism by ampm and we you know we had the we were lucky enough to be able to interview ampm and I greatly enjoyed their stuff and Miyuna song prism stuck out and I love the, her vocals in it as ampm does a great job matching that composition to suit her voice and letting her shine. And that's the one reason I love her is just because you listen to Choda, you listen to Prism, they are completely different songs. And just listening to how her vocals are in each one is amazing to realize this is the same girl. So a lot of her tracks, such as Tampopo, Years, Years in My Lullaby, have a slower composition and show off her vocals and how talent she, talented she is, which is one of the reasons I love her. She has an extremely powerful range and an ear for music so she can handle many different genres. And you can heal, hear those different styles in songs such as Color, Susume, Utau Uyo as well. And they all have a different style and unique flavor to them. Her latest track, Kanku, has a more dance pop vibe in the composition, but her vocals give off a soulful sound, making for a very interesting mixture. And I also absolutely love the music leading up to the last verse, just because it it really kind of takes you off guard and you will never forget that song for that reason. But I just found her music to be a breath of fresh air as there's just so she just has such a variety out there and even if you might not like all her songs I guarantee you will find one song that you absolutely love so Ken I'm here uh, curious to see what you think of her so she is a very interesting vocalist and you know one of the things that I was like really surprised by her is honestly is honestly her range because she could kind of pick up and kind of do whatever with it depending on the song because like you said what if you listen to uh gamu shara it's so much different than anything that she's done and like you listen to that and you listen to prism which is it is done by ampm as the track master so i have to give credit to them but you know when Miyuna does the vocals for that song. It's totally different from other stuff that she's done. And I kind of really do like that in her her and an artist because of the fact that she does 
she she's not afraid to not be stagnant and that's very important for me for an artist to keep trying to involve her craft because a lot of artists especially now they get too comfy into what they think their sound is and i get it you know you know sound you know you get that that one hit wonder kind of thing and you get that cheddar get that money kind of thing but I think as an artist, you want to try and evolve yourself in any way, shape, and sound. And Yuna does that. And that's one thing that I really do appreciate her is that, you know, while some things might just sound some anime, you know, it doesn't impede her fact that she is, she loves to experiment. And that's what I kind of like about her. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. And when I started listening to her music, I didn't realize any of these were anime themes, such as Gamushada. And Yours and My Lullaby was actually a theme song for Fairy Tale. I had no idea because those are two animes I have not watched yet. And I was very surprised, to be honest. I could hear it in Gamushada. But Yours and My Lullaby was, I was so surprised to find out it was for Fairy Tale. And, uh, and like you said, her, just the unique style, she's not afraid to take a risk and do something different. And I love that about her, especially when you hear her album reply, it is so unique. And compared to Yudareru that came out in 2019, there's such different albums. And I love that. I'm really curious to hear what Grey would think about her. I'm pretty sure Grey would really like her mostly because of the fact of fairy tale. Um, I'm I'm just gonna be straight up honest with that. He is probably going to probably really like her, just for the anime tracks though. I don't think her, her other releases are gonna catch his eye as much. I don't know if he'll even like the AMPM song that she did with them. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that too, and I actually liked her. I loved Kanku, and I wish if that music video was out. I think it just dropped. But I love her other songs. Like, Prism is absolutely phenomenal. And that's what pulled me into checking her out. Just because it was such a beautiful song and so well done. And Mm. it's just the variety she places, I think. You know, it's just such a good thing to have. No, but yeah, I want to, you know, say thanks for having you introduce her to us. And I can't wait to see what other forms of sounds and things that she has in store for her fans you're welcome i am too she currently has three mini albums reply you to do and may 11 digital singles including the track she collaborated with ampm on and you can check out her official website twitter instagram and music video for chodai on our website and stay tuned as she's been releasing a lot of digital singles lately. So I can see a new album dropping later this year and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, with that, let's continue on to this week's Orkan Hia. And this week was kind of a big one. We had a lot of new songs and releases this time around. So I'm kind of happy. <laughs> I am too. I mean, we actually got a lot of new stuff and I feel like last year we were very stagnant with the same things over and over. So it's a breath of fresh air to see new things on here to check out. Yeah, that's for darn sure. But with that, let's continue on to number 10 and that is Butter by BTS. I am very surprised to see it this low. Me too. I never very, thought very I'd surprised. see it this low. 
ever. <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't think it'll just pop right back up the following week, next week, but it's very interesting that it's starting to wane here on the charts, so. Yeah, yeah, especially with the new year beginning and, you know, once they get active again, I'm sure it'll pop back up again. That's for darn sure. But yeah, Butter sold the lovely 23,283 points here. And going on up by, or going on up to number nine, it is You by OWV or Ubu. I think that's how they pronounce it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ubu. <laughs> Ubu. But, uh, you know, this is Produce 101. And that has a stigma for us. Well, for me and Gray specifically, if we hear the thing produce 101 Japan, it's it's it already has that stigma. But what did you think about this release, Luna? So because I know I'm the one who's usually hit or miss on them. Either yeah. I really like them, I like what produce 101 does, or I really don't. And with Ubu, I was you itself. It was not for me. It was just not my style. And you can tell it's obviously Produce 101. Just by the vocals, the composition, the type of style it is. It's obvious. I will say I liked one of the B-sides more, which was Talk, Talk, Talk. I actually thought that was pretty good and more my beat. I can see what you is going for and the style it's going for. I can see why it's on here. I can totally see the audience for it. It's just not something for me. It's it's that typical like pop and lock type thing, and it's produced well, one on one. You know, the thing is with that, what what you specifically, I think it 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 works and it doesn't work at at certain points because they did slow it the hell down. It's not your traditional pop and lock as as we're used to by listening to produce one on one, which is just you know keep k-pop incarnate they at least try to do something different with the pop and lock genre here granted it might not be for everyone but for you specifically i think it was an okay release yes it was okay it actually was better than most and you are right it did slow it down it still had just because of how the composition was even though it's slow it still gives you a like the slower version of pop and lock vibes but it's not in your face it i will say their it's vocals not, were it's good. it's it's not in in your face of like how we usually have these these comments towards the these groups yes um, because the major criticisms that we usually have is that they're really in your face with it's all pop no sizzle mm-hmm. and yeah this i mean it didn't really have the sizzle but it also didn't have the pop in your face which i liked and i do did enjoy that you could actually hear their vocals more and they tried something new and it still may yeah. not be completely for me but i give them props trying it you know slowing it down and even though it's not perfect you know maybe i would like to hear a true true slow song i don't know if they could pull it off but you know hearing their vocals in this yes they probably could but i mean it's just not for me but it was actually an okay release i was surprised i didn't absolutely hate it i didn't absolutely love it but i'm glad they're changing it up 
Yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure. But regardless, you sold the lovely 25,297 points here. And going on up to number eight, it is Flow by Perfume, our good old senpais here. Now, it, it's been a while since we heard Flow, or uh, heard Perfume on the Oricon, and we haven't heard Flow on the Oricon as well. <laughs> but with Perfume, it's been a while since we've heard them on the Oricon. So what did you think about this new release for Flow? I I mean flow is a I is it mean to say it's a typical perfume song? Because what perf- at this at this at this point I don't think it is I don't think it's mean to say that it's a it's a safe perfume song. Yeah, they, they played it's it safe. Un- it's unfortunate because I don't think you know ever since <sighs> I think ever since Spice they haven't really found that edge that they once did when they first debuted because the genre changed fairly heavily after the releases of perfume and their 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 hits and it's just it's just kind of interesting to see what perfume is doing right now because of the fact that you know if they do kind of change their style, I don't know if they'll be perfume anymore. However, if they just become stagnant, they're going to be walked all over by any digital creator that decides to become like that mm-hmm. and have a fresh idea. Yeah, and it's a hard but, boat for them because of their style. And, I mean, yes, flow is typical perfume, but it it is a little bit more of a mellowed out track than some of their other ones that they've had. I I'm not saying yeah. it's bad. It, it's it's a nice flowing it's song. Like, it's like coming to see an old friend that hasn't really changed. Yep, you you said it perfectly. Nail on that, hammer on the nail. <laughs> <laughs> like you you want to see the best for them, but. You know, if they do change, you kind of don't want to see it go down more <laughs> kind of thing. Yes, I, I do like it when they do more edgier tracks. However, Flow is still your typical perfume. They're not deviating from their genre. They're sticking to what they know best. And they know what they know best works for them. And I think they're comfortable in that. I mean, it's their style. It's their... That's what makes them perfume is people know their beats, their voices, so I mean it's a it's a nice track. Like I'm not gonna say I I I don't I don't not like it. It's just typical perfume. Yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure. And that's one of the things that with perfume that I'm kinda just like, yeah, I have to accept that this is a group that's not gonna really necessarily change as much as their fans would probably kill us for saying all these blasphemous things, but you know their group that they know they know their spot it it's it's like a mid carter they know their spot on the card that they, they could go higher if they want to if they tried their best but they're they're happy in the mid card yep no you said it perfectly but regardless flow so they lovely 27,337 points here going on up to number seven it is parade goes on by gang parade now this has been a while since we saw gang parade on the oricon here and this is actually one of the old idol groups that you 
personally like Luna. So did this kind of change your mind in any sort of way? Or are we still looking at a positive here for Gang Parade? I mean, I I didn't mind Parade Goes On. I actually liked the B-side period more. That was more my beat. But I, I still enjoyed them. And I'm glad they're still doing music. Cause yes, it has been a while since we've seen them on here. And it's been a good while since I've actually listened to them because it looks like their last single was in 2020. Their last album was in 2019. So it's been a good while. And this was a great breath of fresh air to bring, you know, to have them come back on. And I mean, it's not my favorite. Parade Goes On isn't my favorite track, but I think it's a good comeback for them. And I did enjoy it greatly. This is probably out of all the songs this week. I will say their single on here is probably my favorite. No, and that goes double for me. I think Prairie Goes On is probably the best new release of this week, personally. And, you know, Gang Parade, they, they are known to try and shake up the board every so often. And I kind of like that about them. And I kind of like Parade Goes On because of the fact that, you know, it's it's standard for what Gang Parade does. And I don't mind that. I really don't mind that for someone, for a group that is such an oddball experience to listen to every so often i kind of don't mind them kind of sticking to what they know same no i'm the same with you on that and i think that's one of the reasons i i do still like them because they can go balls to the wall and shake it up every so often and i don't mind that and when they do do that that's a welcome surprise but when they kind of know that they need to get not so much squeeze out a release, but have a release ready and make sure that all the girls are in line, so to speak. I can trust that Gang Parade knows what they're doing kind mm-hmm. of thing. But regardless, Parade goes on. So the lovely 29,762 points here. And going on up to number six, it is Santa Monica Lollipop by Fantastics from Exile Tribe. Now, I'm... I'm kind of sad that Gray ain't here because I know he would be probably talking up a storm about his boys right now. Yes, he would. Yes, he would indeed. So, this one was, um... So, I... I, Fantastics are hit or miss for me, and I'm just going to be honest. And Santa Monica Lollipop was okay i mean it it i understand what they were going for it actually feels like it would be a better summer song than a spring song to be honest it has a very how do you say it uh what's that flair i want to say a latin summer latin flair yeah it has a more summer feel to it overall to be to be honest honest and with a name like santa 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 monica Monica. you're gonna think of you're gonna think of summer yeah obviously that was the first thing i thought and i'm like why are they releasing a summer song right now and also lollipop you know i associate that with summer so for me it did feel like it should have been more of a summer song and it has a latin beat to it and i like the latin beats and songs but it's still just i just wasn't in the mood for it just yet despite the nice 60 degree weather we've been getting i will say the track sayonara rainy town was phenomenal and i love their ballads i'm just gonna say it i love their soul songs and ballads because that's where they shine for me 
And that was the best song on the single. I mean, I think it outshined Santa Monica Lollipop by far. Yeah. No, and I kind of doubled down on that as well, Luna, because I really do think that, you know, Sayonara uh, Rainy Town was an amazing track. And I think it was probably one of their better ones because of the fact that you got to hear their vocals. That's the most important thing for these groups is you could have your pop and lock and your own summer feels and that's good and all but you need to have tracks that also really bring out the best in these boys and that's one thing that i absolutely love what what ldh is doing because they know the talent that they have and they don't just rest on the laurels of just pop and lock and dance Yep. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's the one big thing for me is, is their vocals like you can that and that's what makes them shine. And I wish if they had more lead tracks like Sayonara Rainy Town. But, you know, that we can hope for that for a, a next release. Maybe they'll do a winter ballad in, in the in the spring. So. Yeah, or the summer winter ballad in the summer. There we go. Let's really mix it up. Yeah, let's really mix it up here. But regardless, Santa Monica Lollipop sold the lovely 30,133 points here. Going on up to number 5, it is Chameleon by King New. Not much else we can say that we haven't said about this release last week. So if you want to really listen to our initial impressions about it, go check it out there. This week, Chameleon sold the lovely 31,656 points here. Going on up, it is number four. It is Zenka Denko and Asagakudu by Imer. Not much more we can say about this. Nope. So, but this week it sold the lovely 32,308 points. And going on up to number two, it is King New, you know, with. I believe it is Ishun and uh, Sakana Yume. You know, Jujutsu Kaisen just appeared on the western side for this week's for for all the films. I I believe did did you go watch that? I think it was last night. It totally did come out last night. Um, I didn't actually see that movie last night. I saw X by T. West, which is a horror movie. However, I did not see Jujutsu Kaisen. I do want to see it, but I'm still getting caught up in the show. I'm on episode nine, and unfortunately, I have just not had the time to get caught up. But Jujutsu Kaisen is showing in all our theaters. And when we, we were curious about how full the theaters were last night, because we only had like six people in X, Jujutsu Kaisen was freaking packed. I mean, almost every seat was sold out, and I was pretty surprised because the theater we went to, a lot of people don't go to, and I can't imagine the more popular theater by me, it probably was sold out, but I think it's going to do very well, and they have showings throughout the next couple weeks for it. I do want to see it, though, because from what I've seen, I really do like Jujutsu Kaisen, and I think it would be a great movie to see in theaters. That's for darn sure. But regardless, this week it sold a lovely uh, 36,574 points. And going on up to number two, it is Bye Goodbye by B First. Now, what did you think about this release here? So it's interesting because the composition is very poppy. 
and I can hear the dance beats. You know, it's obviously supposed to be a pretty fun, dancey song. I think their vocals are very good. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's very westernized. I can easily see this playing at, I'm trying to think, like Rollercade in the West. You know, something like in a big area, you know, like in a radio station, just because of the, the composition is very poppy. It's a little too much for me because it's a very hyper song, like very high energy. I would like to see them slow it down again because B first is always hit or miss for me. And bye goodbye yeah, was bye goodbye bye yeah bye goodbye. That that's that's another thing. They also need to slow slow their roll just a tad more. And I think that they they are really good vocals, and I can tell just by listening to um, bye goodbye here. And you know, B first is one of those groups that it it is that produce one on one kind of spiel that hey. You slow your roll just a tad bit more so we can hear your boys' talk. I think it'd do wonders for them. Oh, I 100% agree on that. Because if this was slowed down a tad bit more and didn't have that weird... I don't even know how to describe it. The weird auto-tuning in there, which is how they do their voices. Yeah. That was the off-put for me. Because I would have been okay with Bye Goodbye, but that part did irk me. And I think if they slowed this down and just slowed it down in general, they would be phenomenal. This is just, I understand their audience and I can see the people who like it. I actually could see Gray liking this one. I'm, I would love to hear his thoughts because I don't know. I just can see him liking it. But <laughs> I could be wrong. I just would love to hear them slow it down because I think they would be great. Like do a full out solid ballad or just even a mid-tempo track yeah it would be very interesting to hear a mid mid-tempo track by them though it would be really interesting and i think that would actually do wonders for them if they just just slow it down just a bit it's all i'm asking but regardless bye goodbye so the lovely forty-three thousand eight hundred and ten points here and going on up to number one it is kokuni flower by ske 48 now, it's been a while since we heard SKE, so what did you think about this release, Luna? So, I didn't mind Kokoroni Flower. It, I, I will say, there are, I could have done without the opening, because it was a little much. I think if they slowed it down a little bit more, I would have liked Kokoroni Flower way better. However, I think it's a solid track for SKE 48, because I don't remember the last one I actually really, really liked by them. It was, oh my gosh, I really have to think. I know Mushiki Naido was the one that one I absolutely loved. And there was one after that, Synchronicity, I really liked. But, I mean, for SK48, I think Kokoroni Flower is not bad. I will say, the if you, bought, if you got the special edition, it had additional tracks. And that's where I thought they really shined as a whole for the single or super single is the extra song shined more than Kokoroni flower and like uh Janai romantic and uh densen ha kietemo and even umire kawatemo was i mean those were all i honestly think if you look at this the special edition as a whole i enjoyed every other track more than i did Kokoroni flower yeah, no, 
I'm going to just double down on this with you, Luna, here. And that, that intro got to go. Like, I think that... I think Kokodoni Flower was an alright track. You just get rid of that intro, and it makes it a much better track, in my personal opinion. Especially because of just how over-hyper it is compared to the rest of the song. And that's the main thing. Yeah, it may, the intro just doesn't fit. Like, I get if you really want to do this as an intro, like, hey, we're going all out because we haven't heard from us since since September of last year so you know <laughs> but I just don't know I I'm, I'm kind of in that standstill with the 48s already that unless you're going to be doing something really out of this world I'm already kind of set in my ways of this isn't any better and Kokodoni Flower really kind of proved that for me yeah but but regardless I mean it did so well well enough anyway it it sold over 213,901 points here and kind of let's go quickly over the albums before we kind of call it a day uh speaking of treasure treasures <laughs> treasure got on to number 10 with their second step chapter one album or should i say mini album because you know them it's more than likely a mini album yeah so you also got Numania by Haruka Mirai. Haruka Mirai. That's some person I've never heard. Apparently she is of the rock persuasion. So that'll be very interesting to hear. I agree. So we also got Flair by Millet at number eight. I so ordered that. I can't wait to get my copy. You know I love her. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to uh, see how long Millet will stay on on brand here. So, uh, other things of note: uh, "Bad Mode" by Utari Karu is still up there at number five. Uh, you got Misaki Suda's latest album "Collage" at number four, and you got Johnny's West with their new release "Mixed Juice" at number one, which also sold around the SKE numbers there for this week. And that's kind of sad because if an album sells about as much as your number one single, uh, that, and albums cost more. <laughs> they do. Way more. And I'm sure Mixed Juice wasn't cheap because I bet they had a couple editions. Yep, yep, yep. But regardless... I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ungakuryu. You can follow us on all social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is a variety streamer and is kind of going through lovely Mega Man stuff here. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our affiliate, TimberTav, who is a variety streamer in and of himself. And it sucks at Mario, apparently. But you can check him out at twitch.tv slash timbertaft, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-E-F-T. You can also t- follow your sister, Luna Rose, who is probably really excited about Final Fantasy XIV and all the lovely gimmicks that is going on right there. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer and 
Jisoon, an accomplished artist. I can't wait to read her album or read her book and do an audible about it. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirl has no name. F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out what me, Kyo, Timber, and Fangirl has to say about the gaming industry on Podasaurus. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do a new episode this past week, so be sure to listen up on our prior ones where we did talk about Elden Ring, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Pokemon releases, and Cyberpunk 2077. You can check that out by looking up Kari Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me at OTYKen1 where I talk about Bang Dream, Ainaibo, Roboco, Herobo, and all the lovely giggles and giggles there. Where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on all the social medias such as Twitter, Letterboxd, My Anime List, Anime Planet, Kitsu as Luna Maria87. And you can find me on Instagram as Nerdy Collector Luna where I talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I bought, why I'm broke, and my cute cats. But yeah, I want to say thank you. Oh, and you can also follow Gray at Ongaku Gray. But yeah, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku Do You. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much, and have a great day. Aloha. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. Great. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it and we will catch you next time. Ciao, matane.